0: You know, when people ask me, what do you remember, looking back on ministry, I always point to the stories, stories like we've seen and heard this morning, just individual stories about how God has made a difference, how Jesus has worked in someone's life. That's, that's what I remember. Have you ever noticed that there are triggers that can take you to a time or a place or a person or a situation Have you you ever had a song do that for you? Where you hear a song and it takes you back somewhere? It was the fall of 1978. I was a freshman in college. And on my dorm floor, there was a guy who at 11 o'clock at night would bust open his door and this music would loudly play out in the halls. There we go. Yeah. And he would come out into the halls at 11 o'clock at night with this song, Stayin' Alive, playing in the background, and then he would begin to dance, disco dance, down the hallways of our dorm room. So every time I hear this song today, and by the way, I don't hear it that often, it's not like it's on my playlist, all right? But if I do happen to hear this song, Stayin' Alive, today, it takes me back to my dorm room in 1978. Smells can do that kind of interesting how a smell can take you somewhere. To this day, if I open a can of tuna or a package of tuna, it takes me back to my childhood. We had a neighbor who, when they were away, we would watch their cat, and I would feed their cat, so they would leave us the cat food. And when I would open that can of cat food, it smelled like tuna. So for whatever reason, to this day, I still think of feeding that cat when I smell tuna. You ever had something like that happen to you? Movies can do that to you as well. I think it's really intriguing how sight, sound, smells can take you to a place. Did you know that God is big on remembering? And the Bible tells people over and over and over again to remember. God actually told people in the Bible, and he had this special relationship with this nation called Israel. And he would tell them, this nation of Israel, he would say, set aside days. Sometimes he would tell them to set aside a full week just to remember. And everybody would quit working. They would remember. They would celebrate. They would have feasts. They would have festivals. One of those is called Passover. It's an incredible story about how God miraculously saved the nation of Israel from death. And he said, I want you to set aside a day, in fact, a whole week where you just remember what I did and be sure and tell your kids and your grandkids about it because I want them to remember what I have done. Let me read you just one of these verses. This is Exodus 12, verse 14. God said this, this is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. And, you know, God used things all the time. Symbols to help people remember. He used a rainbow. He used rocks. I mean, literally, just rocks at times to help people remember. He used an ark. I don't mean Noah's ark. I mean the ark of the covenant. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't, just watch an Indiana Jones movie. You'll see the ark of the covenant probably not, actually don't watch an Indiana Jones movie to see the Ark of the Covenant, but he would use that, you know, even today we have symbols that God has told us to use to remember, when we take communion we use bread and grape juice to help us remember because the Bible tells a story of remembering and we want to look at that story this morning, now now why is it Why is it that God wants us to remember? Why is it so important to God that we remember? Well, one reason is this. (laughs) We are prone to forget. We forget so easily, don't we? (laughs) Just a few days ago, I called my wife and when she answered the phone, I had to say, I can't remember why I called you. You ever done something like that? You literally forgot why you called the, person from the time you called them until they answered? Yeah, we're we're prone to forget. If we can forget that quick, certainly we're going to forget some other things as well. So God tells us that he wants us to remember, and we have to be very careful to remember, otherwise we may forget. So what we want to do this morning is just remember. I want to show you an example from the Bible of where God told people to remember. And it's a pretty interesting story. This is a story that we've used before as a church, when we were at a crossroads as a church, or where we were at a defining moment as a church. It's found in Joshua 3 and 4 in the Bible. Fascinating story. I love to read this part of the Bible. What happened was God was taking his people, remember I said he had a special relationship with them, the nation of Israel, to the land that he told them they could have. He had promised it to them, so we call it the promise But to get there, they had to cross over a river called the Jordan River. Now, there were some problems with doing that. One, the river they were about to cross, they didn't have a bridge. Second, it was flood season. The waters were overflowing the banks of that river. We've just seen on television what water can do, you know, when it overflows. And uh, the the Jordan River had overflowed; It was flooded. Here was a third problem. There were 2 million people in the nation of Israel. Think about that. 2 million people had to cross this river, no bridge, and it's flooded. What are you going to do? So what does God do? He literally stops the water. He holds back the water of this river so that they can walk across to the land he had promised them through the riverbed. Amazing stuff. You know, I think about that. How long did it take 2 million people to cross over you know, hopefully I didn't go one at a time. In fact, let me do this. Let me, let me give you an idea of how many people two million people is, because it's hard for us to picture that. Suppose we were to go out and take a picture of the face of two million people, okay, just the face, and then we put them up here on the screens, and we sat here and we watched every face, two million of them. And we didn't get up to go get a, you know, a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom. We didn't look down at our phone to see you text us. We just sat here and stared at two million faces over and over again for one second each. Do you know what that would be like? Let me show you real quickly what it would be like. Watch this. That was ten. Now, if we were to sit here and watch two million of those faces, we would sit here, like I said, not to get up for any reason, We would have to sit here for over 23 days, nonstop. That's how many 2 million people are. And God figured out a way to get them across this river by stopping up the flow of the water of the river. So when that ended, God said, I want you to remember what I have done. So he had... Then take 12 stones, big stones, right out of the river and on the riverbank on the side. He said, I want you to pile those up, all 12 of them. The 12 stones were to represent one family group out of each of the nation of Israel. So there were like 12 of them for 12 tribes of Israel. He said, pile them up. That way, every time you walk by the Jordan River and you see this pile of 12 stones, you'll remember what I did. And I want you to tell your kids and your grandkids about what I did. Let me read you part of the story. Remember I said it was in Joshua 3 and 4. Joshua 3 tells the story and here's what happens after they've crossed the Jordan River this is Joshua chapter 4 I'll begin reading in verse 1 it says when all the people had crossed the Jordan the Lord said to Joshua now choose 12 men, one from each tribe tell them take the 12 stones from this very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight so Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel he told them Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you will tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across These stories will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. What a story, huh? Five years ago, this weekend, we moved into this building. It was September 9th, so actually exactly five years ago yesterday. The reason it's so easy to remember September 9th, especially if you were around here then, is because we used the 9912. Do you remember we, had, we all wore shirts that said 9912.com? We had a website, 9912.com, and if you were around then, you probably had one of those shirts, maybe you even wore it. We did that before we were moving into the building. Here's what they look like, by the way. The shirts look like this. Yeah, some of you probably still have yours. And if you weren't around back then, and you still would like a shirt like that, rumor has it you can go to Goodwill and find them there. Okay. <laughs> And I understand they're really cheap, so just head on over to Goodwill, keep your eyes open, and maybe you can get yourself one of those shirts. But here's here's why we did that. Here's why we moved here five years ago. We didn't build this big building just so we would have a nice new building, although we're very appreciative of the building we have. And we didn't do that just so we could become a big church, although we did want some room for expansion. Here's why we did it. We did it because we sensed God was leading us to do that. And we had ridgers who were sold out to the vision to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. So five years ago, we moved into this building. And on that first Sunday when we held services, we have stories from people who came that very first Sunday. And since that time, we have stories of people whose lives have been changed, who have been impacted by what Jesus has done in their lives. And even before we moved in that this building, we have stories of what God did do and what He has done. We cannot forget those stories. Why? Because stories show us that God is real. And He is the reason we are here. And so what we're gonna do today is we're going to, just like they did in Joshua chapter four, we're gonna build a memorial of 12 stones right up here on the stage. And each of these stones or rocks will represent a story, a story of what God has done. These are stories not only of what God has done, they're stories of life change, they're stories of making a difference in people's lives for eternity, There's stories of ridgers doing whatever it takes. And so we'll start with this first one. Big old rock here. Thank you. Okay, this first one. And uh, what I want to do, I want to tell you a few stories of how we got here. And why it's so important for us to know that is this. God is the only reason we are here. And these stories will tell you that. So this first rock, we're going to let it represent a sign. Now what do I mean by that? Many years ago, before we ever had this property, maybe we ought to start this story out by saying, once upon a time there was some farmland. Now that doesn't surprise you that where we're sitting this morning is farmland, does it? Because you look all around you, there's still farmland. But at one time... Where you're sitting today was a cornfield or it was a bean field or a pumpkin patch. It was even a pumpkin patch at one time. Well, we had a board member who would drive down 25th Street regularly. And one day he saw a for sale sign out in front for this piece of land. And we had been talking about relocating for some time. And when he saw that for sale sign, he thought to himself, ooh, that piece of property would be a great place for a church. Well, he kept driving back and forth. Just a few days later, a sale pending sign went up. So he thought, bummer, that would have been a great place for a church. So he dismissed it. He and one of our staff members actually went to a church builders conference out in Utah a few days later. They flew home, and on the plane ride home, one of them said to the other one, you know, we're just a piece of dirt away from doing this. He was literally driving home from the airport, drove down 25th Street in front of the church, and he saw that the sale pending sign was no longer up on the for sale sign. He thought, well, that's interesting. Wind must have blown it down or something like that. A few days later, he kept driving by. The, The sale pending sign never went back up. So we made some phone calls, and sure enough, it was going to sell to someone who wanted to develop this property and put houses on it, but the deal fell through, and we were able to purchase this land. And that set us on a course to say, okay, God, what do you want to do? Well, before we purchased it, we did go to the city planning department, and we're going to let this next rock represent going to the city planning department because, again, this is something that God did. We were told by a realtor, well, when you go to the city planning department to get approval, because we had to get approval for, from them to put a church here on this site," said, here's the way it works. You go before them, and you tell them what you want to do, and they're probably going to tell you no, that you need to meet some conditions, and you work on those conditions, and you go back, and they may tell you no again, and you keep, until finally, after you've met certain conditions, they may say yes. We went to the city planning department and said, we'd like to purchase this property and put a church on it, and their response was, that would be a great place for a church. And I thought, was okay, God, I guess maybe you want to do something here. And even before we moved here, we began to see God work like that. For example, we knew that when we moved here, we wanted to call this church The Ridge. So before we moved here, we began to look for domain names. So we're going to let this next stone or rock represent the domain name because it tells us, again, a story of what God has done. And, you know, our domain name, of course, is theridge.org. Well, we began to look at domain names before we even had that, and we looked at like, you know, theridge.com, theridge.net, theridge.org. They were all owned, which we would assume they would be, the the domain names were taken. So you know, we're thinking, well, maybe the Ridge Columbus, something like that. And and so someone looked into it and did some research, and theridge.org, even though it was owned by someone, was not an active website. So he did some research and found out who owned that website. And he called him up. Well, it was a guy who lived in the state of Washington. And he told him, he said, hey, we're getting ready to relocate and we're going to name our church The Ridge. And we were wondering maybe if you would be interested in selling us the domain name, the And we kind of took a deep breath because we figured at that point he was going to quote us a price, you know, for thousands and thousands of dollars, which would be expected in a situation like that, to purchase that domain name. Here's what he said. He said, you know, that's interesting you would call me because several years ago, Several families of my family moved to the state of Washington because we were going to start a church called The Ridge. So we bought that domain name. Unfortunately, the church never got off the ground. But I've just always held on to that domain name because I could just never bring myself to sell it. And I've had a lot of people come along and want to buy it. Obviously, The Ridge would be a pretty popular name. So I've had a lot of people come along and want to buy it, but i just never felt God leading me to sell it. He said, I'll tell you what, since you're going to start a church, Why don't I just donate it to you? And we said, wow, God, you really do want us to do this, don't you? We're going to let the next stone in our memorial represent a time that God said, wait. Now, this is interesting because in April of 2007, we were ready to raise the funds to so we could build this building and move into this facility. And in April of 2007, when we were ready to start, we had several things happen that were really hard as a church, really difficult, not just one, but several, and most of which were completely out of our control. But it led us to pray about it, and we said, you know what, we need to call a timeout. We need to just hit the pause button on moving forward with raising the funds to relocate. And we waited for two long years. And it wasn't until April of 2009 that we finally raised the funds again to build this building. But let me tell you what happened during those two long years. God was doing some things in our church and in us that we didn't expect. And to make a long story short, two years later, we were in such a much better place to move forward. Well, let me tell you something else. At the time, seemed bad. 2009, remember I told you that's when we raised the funds to build this building? If you'll remember the national economy, we had a recession. So we're going to let the next stone represent the recession of 2009, the 2009 recession. And you would think about that and say, you know what? Given the fact that uh, that was a time of a recession, that's probably not the best time to try to raise funds and build a building, right? Except... While the local economy was affected a little bit by this national recession, because of local industries and all, we weren't affected or impacted by it nearly like they were nationwide. So we were able to move forward with raising the funds. And then when we found out when we started consulting with uh, potential construction companies is that they were hungry. They were starving for business because of the recession. And so we actually had a construction company quote us a price on this building that literally gave us this building at cost to us just because they just wanted to keep their employees working. Because of the recession of 2009, which seemed like a bad time at the time, we probably saved about $2 million in building costs. And we said, wow, God, you want us to do this, don't you? One other thing happened um, during that time period that at the time seemed bad. We were... We were going to sell our old building and use the funds from it to build this new building. So I'm going to let this next rock that will make part of our memorial, the sixth one, represent um, what we're just going to call the bridge funds. And and what I mean by that is this. We were ready to sell our old building, and we had a buyer for it. They were ready to buy it and so on. But when they went to get it rezoned, um, their zoning request was turned down, which meant they weren't able to buy it, which meant... We weren't able to take the funds from our old building at that time to continue construction on our new building and so we were ready to pause construction on this building until we could sell our old bunny building and get the funds to continue construction here but there we prayed about it we talked about it and we said you know there is one way we could continue if we had a bridge loan so we went to ridgers and we announced this and honestly it was not a high pressure thing at all we were praying god if you want us to do this You know, you can supply, if not, um, we're perfectly content with waiting on you. We went to Ridgers, and for two Sundays, we just said, here's our situation. There is a way we could continue construction. We could take out a bridge loan. And to do that, we would need you to commit to $10,000 a month for the next two years so we could pay for that loan until we get our old building sold to continue construction. We said, we'll just see what you want to do. And then we added, by the way, uh, we got to know in two weeks' time. In two weeks' time, Ridgers committed over $10,000 a month so that we could continue construction on this building. We knew at this point that God was telling us to move forward. And, you you know, there's probably a lesson here not only for us as a church, but for us as individuals. And that is this. Even when it appears like something bad or difficult is happening, always see what God is doing in that. Because God sometimes works in our lives in so many significant ways when we think that something bad is happening. We're gonna let the next stone represent volunteers who made this place happen. This is quite remarkable. Um, We literally saved hundreds of thousands of dollars when we were building this building because volunteers helped us out. There's a guy named Michael who owns this construction company who did most of the site work and volunteered his time around here. (laughs) In fact, when he was doing that, we had a volunteer, this is so cool, we had a stay-at-home mom who would get out on the heavy equipment and roll and move the dirt around on our property. Check out this picture. This is a picture of Cammie out on our heavy equipment doing that at the time, a stay-at-home mom. And we had volunteers all over the place making this happen. Landscaping alone, probably we saved $100,000 because of volunteers who, you know, you see all the beautiful bushes and the plants and the trees around here. The summer that we put in the landscaping was the driest summer around here in decades. And we have volunteers come in sometimes two or three times a day just to water all the bushes and trees and plants that we have planted to keep them alive that summer. So that represents the volunteers. Um, The next stone we're going to use to represent the very first Sunday we are here, the very first Sunday we had these services. And the reason we want to do that is many people tell a story of coming for the first time to the Ridge on that very first Sunday. Maybe you heard Brent and Lindsay tell their story at the end of that video, how they came here for the very first time that very first Sunday and how God has worked in their life since then. You know, special to me, my mother-in-law, the very first Sunday she came was our opening day. And she had not gone to church much in her life before. I probably ought to ask her why she came that day. I think it was just out of curiosity. But she kept coming and a couple years later, she surrendered her life to Jesus, she's been baptized, she's active and volunteers around here. And that first Sunday and all the stories that follow are so significant to us. I'm going to let this next stone that we're going to put on our memorial represent names. And here's what I mean by that. Before we moved in, many of us wrote down names, just first names of people we wanted to pray for and people we wanted to invite to come to a service here. And so we wrote all those names down and we put them on like this piece of tape. They're imprinted on a piece of tape. And in our atrium, it's really hard to see, but right at the top of our atrium is a piece of tape that goes all the way around the atrium, and it has first names on it. And those names are people that we love and we care about, it. and maybe family members or friends or co-workers who we wanted to be able to experience what we had experienced through our relationship with Jesus. And some of you who are attending here today who have started coming since we opened this new building... Your name may be on a piece of tape up there because someone loved you and cared about you enough to write it down. The next stone, we're going to let that represent writing on the floor. And here's what I mean by that. When they were doing construction on this building, before we put the floorings down, it was all concrete here on stage, carpet out here, all over the building. We had Bridgers come in and write things on the floor. They wrote down Bible verses, they wrote down prayers, they wrote down their commitments to God. (laughs) We have a marriage proposal right out here in the auditorium. I kid you not, someone proposed and married right out here. They said, yes, they're still married five years later. Isn't that cool? But anyway, like you could go to the kids area and there are prayers written over there underneath the carpet for kids. You go to the hub, prayers written for teens. In my office and people wrote down Bible verses up here on stage, things were written down. Um, our our uh, music pastor, James Young, his son, look, here's something he wrote down on the stage up here as well. Those are the kinds of things we wrote down on the floor, all over this building, just to say, God, this building is for you. This is why we're doing this. Now, we're going to let the next stone represent the stories of lives that have been changed. And I mentioned many of those already to you this morning, but they're so important. That is why we're doing what we're doing. And... Over these last five years, you've seen on video this morning many of these lives that have been changed. I could tell you the story of a young man who came because on Christmas Eve, their next-door neighbors invited his family to a Christmas Eve service. He started coming to our youth group. He surrendered his life to Jesus. He was baptized. He's now gone off to college, but he is looking for a, a campus group there where he can get connected to continue to grow in his relationship with Jesus. There are stories like that all over the place this morning, and that's why that stone is so important. The 12th stone, the very last stone, we want to let that represent what God is going to do in the future. We have built a memorial like this before of 12 stones, and every time we've done that, we've let that 12th stone represent what God is going to do in our future and we built this memorial the last sunday we were in our old building and we said that'll represent our future five years later we say look what god has done so let me ask you a question what is your story in other words what is your personal your individual story you know we all have a story we all have 12 stones, even when we don't realize that God has been working in our lives. And, you know, we have these, we want to celebrate, we want to remember what God has done this morning. These may be stories about land or money or websites, but they're all stories of what God has done and how God is changing lives. And remembering what He has done in your own life, your own personal story, how He has been faithful to you, that helps us when we're discouraged. Or that helps us when we need to make a decision because his faithfulness guides us into the future. And maybe you need to sit down and write out your own personal story of how God has worked in your life because we're prone to forget those. Maybe you need to have your own 12 stones of remembrance so you don't forget how God has worked in your life. And speaking of the future, the 12th stone, what is your 12th stone? What does God want to do in your life in the future? How does God want to grow you? What is your next step? Are you open to what God wants to do? And even if that next step seems uncertain, if it seems scary, if it seems like it brings anxiety to you, drawing on what God has done in the past, His faithfulness to you, will give you the courage to trust Him in the present for your future. We all have a story. We have a story as a church. We have a story as an individual of how God has and is and will work in our lives. Our band is going to come and sing a song that tells a story of God's faithfulness and of God's grace in our lives. And before they do that, I'd like to pray for us. Let's pray.